0: Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be.
1: Hey, everyone, this is Chris, and welcome to Dads with Daughters, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. You know, today I'm really excited because Jeff Bogle is joining us. He's a journalist and a writer out of Philadelphia at OWTK.com. And Jeff and I go back quite a few years. We you know, we've known each other for a while. And uh, what I love most is he's got two daughters, just like I have two daughters. And actually, our daughters are very similar age. So Jeff, thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure i I love being reconnected. It's been a little while since we last talked, but it it you know it's always fun to to live vicariously through the things that you're doing. And, um, but uh, one of the things that I want to talk to you today about is your daughters, because this is the dads with daughters podcast. And when you think back, I want to take you back in time and I want you to think back to the first time that you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. What was going through your head?
0: I was extremely happy. Um, I uh, maybe this is different than many guys. I don't know. But um, I, w- I wanted to have daughters. I grew up with brothers. I did not have much experience with girls in my life. And that, <laughs> that, ex- that extends to all parts of my life, sadly, as a, as a young man. And I was just super stoked to to get to experience that. And um, and I guess th- there's two things to expand on that. One, I knew that it's easier to do both traditionally or stereotypically both gendered things with a girl than it is with a boy. So it's easier society-wise to take a girl to a soccer match or to a baseball game than it is to take a boy to the ballet, for example. And so I figured, oh, this this is going to be the best of both worlds. I can do all of the stuff, all of the things. And quickly thereafter, I realized what an opportunity it would be to kind of help Bring some strong, independent, amazing young women into the world. So, that I, I was I was very stoked.
1: Now I know that. You have raised your girls to be very independent and allowed them to be able to kind of grow and thrive in their creativity, but also you've given them a lot of opportunities to be able to learn about the world in different ways. Uh, to the extent that I know your daughters go uh, go to school online because you were doing a lot of traveling with them and letting them kind of learn about the world in different ways. So, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was thinking about their lives and thinking about the experience that you've had with them thus far. What would you say has been one of the most memorable experiences that you've had with both of them thus far?
0: Whew. Yeah. You, um, well, you're right. I mean, we, we've one of the commitments that my wife and I had made when we started to have kids was to, to we were going to settle in the suburbs we wanted a little piece of land but we didn't want to let that kind of define us we wanted to be close to new york city where we love we wanted to be close to an international airport so that we can give our kids a world view um which was my number one goal i, I wanted them to, to not be um, isolationists or exceptional american exceptionalists and think that this is the bubble that they live in is is the world so one of the things that stands out to your question um, we had the opportunity to spend a tiny bit of time in turkey in the news right now um but a, one of the things and i wrote a little piece about this after we were there we were we were on a on a bus being shuttled inland from the from the sea it was a one day on a cruise that stopped there and i, I remarked where i was talking uh, specifically in the, on that day to my oldest child who at that time was 12 uh, let's go with 12 11 or 12 and we were seeing a little piece of Turkish life: billboards, people hanging up their laundry, bus- school buses coming to get the kids, going- people going to work, and and we were talking about how this is the you know, the, the words are different. The billboards for the cell phone plans, you know, we didn't recognize the company; it wasn't AT and T or whatever. But it it just looked like life. It looked like life as we would live it back at home, however many miles away. And and we talked about how that that's true pretty much everywhere. That that the world goes on we want what's best we all want what's best for our kids we all want a decent cell service uh, <laughs> plan that we can afford we we want our laundry to be clean like everybody wants the same stuff when it when you boil it all down and the opportunity to travel you know you can tell your kids that um, but the opportunity to travel and see that and have those conversations in a foreign world in Asia on the Asian continent is it just really brings it home and makes it more concrete. And I think I've been super fortunate. I mean, I know I've been super fortunate to be able to have those discussions and have those, see those sites. And to know that my kids are growing up to know that there's more to the world than just the things that they see every day at home or in our community. That there's people struggling, that there's people trying, there's people giving and taking. And all over the planet and it's it's been helpful they, they have a worldview they know that the world is bigger than than our suburb of Philadelphia our state our country and it, it's a, it's a lot of moving parts um, that are out there kind of just trying to get by
1: now for other dads that might not have the same ability to be able to to travel or to um, to have those experiences that you've had so far with your daughters if they want to start opening up their own daughters, worldviews, what would you say to them what would, what kind of a, what kind of tips would you give to them to start having those conversations and start to move the needle?
0: I mean I think books are a great way to do that especially nowadays there is and, and more needs to be done but there are, is a diverse array of books from from children's picture books all the way up to like YA fiction that gives different viewpoints that i mean books are great anyway because it lets you travel it takes you to a world that you are not currently in there's one book and as you were saying that question i'm like that's the first thing that came into my mind and i cannot remember the title of it but it's something along it's a, it's an interesting i think it was published by chronicle books i can give little breadcrumbs here hopefully people can follow and find it um, it's a very t- it's a hardback book that's oddly shaped it's very tall Vertical books, so narrow and tall, so un- unlike normal um, picture books. Um, and it's something like what happens at every moment around the world. And so it goes through a whole day and travels. Each page is a different time, like based on the time differences. So it's the same time of day, but just it's the exact same moment, but just different time zones and what's happening around the entire globe. And it's fascinating. It's a fascinating look for young children at, you know, their nighttime is somebody else's, you know, is on a fishing boat in Cambodia with their young, you know, their their 12 year old who has to help with the family stuff. And and then older books. So my youngest daughter loves the Percy Jackson series, which is Rick Ro- Royden? Royden, I can never say his last name. He has started his own imprint. I think it's an imprint on Disney Hyperion books where he is publishing like fantastical YA fiction from, um, from eight, written by people from Asia, from the Far East, down in South America. And it's taking, children on a journey through legends and through cultures and countries that maybe they can't visit or maybe they won't be able to visit until they're older but books uh, it, the short answer is just like read everything read make sure you're paying attention to who the author is make sure they have a different viewpoint than yours potentially or or aren't just you know white middle class suburban Authors, there's a lot of those and a lot of them are great, but like expand your horizons and more and more books, thankfully, are being published by diverse authors that are letting people experience the world through a different lens.
1: No, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think I to- totally agree with you. I kind of have to agree with you as a with a with a partner that is a librarian. I, we have lots of people <laughs> in our house. I
0: saw you smile. You can't see this. I remember Chris was was nodding and smiling. when I the book, the word books came
1: out of my mouth. Yes, definitely. Now I thought you would have said music because you, those of you that don't know Jeff, Jeff is a huge audiophile. That is uh, that listens to a little bit of everything and has introduced his daughters to a little bit of everything as well. So, but I think and I think and I would throw that in there uh, in that Jeff doesn't even have to. That I think music's another way to open the world because there's so many types of music that are out there that will, again, open someone's eyes to how people hear the world in different ways, too. Yeah. So, Jeff, one of the things that is also a little bit unique for you is at being a at-home dad. I mean, you are able to uh, work from home, but you also do a lot of traveling. And there is a lot of balance balancing issues there that you have to do because of the fact that you have deadlines that you have to do, but your kids are with you and, and you have to, and sometimes you're going to have to be traveling and things like that. Balance is sometimes a hard thing for dads. Um, but how do you balance work in raising your daughters? Ooh,
0: um, yeah that is rough um so so i am on the road a lot um as a my writing has become mostly travel writing these days so travel writers travel usually and i do um and yeah they are home they're old enough now at 15 and 12 a lot of times they're okay being home alone so i am trying to check in on them to give them the latitude and the space they need to do their work and to grow up without like helicoptering I've, i've never been into that but i it is it is tough. I I don't know. I succeed all the time, Chris. To be honest with you, um, you know, making there's so many things that you have to think about. It's making sure they're they're getting enough exercise, making sure they're eating proper meals, and like just trying to stay on top of all that. When I'm home is hard enough. Um, when I'm on the road, I, I, not going to not going to lie to you, it, it's almost impossible. <laughs> um, because you can send text messages. You can try to squeeze in phone calls if your time zones line up wherever I happen to be. But at this point is hoping that I've had enough of a foundation that it kind of runs itself a little bit, not that I'm hands off, but that when I'm not there, that the pets are going to be fed, that they're going to eat some fruit, that they're going to, you know, go for a little bit of a run or take a bike ride and try to have a balanced life without a grown up being like uh, making a checklist for them. And sometimes too, when I am home and I am on deadline, yeah, it's like putting the blinders on and just kind of like, I need to get this done. I my a lot of my work is due at eleven o'clock at night. I where I do a lot of writing for Reader's Digest and their deadlines are always at eleven PM. And unfortunately I'm often running up right up to that point. And so it's uh like, Hey, good night, um, from down the hall, like I gotta finish this. I'll be in if you're still awake to give you a kiss or something, maybe later. Um, so yeah, it's not perfect. And it is a struggle. And I think it's important to say that because I, <laughs> I get the sense from from people that because what I do looks really cool on a screen on Instagram or whatever. But yeah, it's a uh, it's difficult. It's really difficult. And I don't know if I'm succeeding at it, to be honest with you.
1: You know, I appreciate you saying that because I think that sometimes, especially when you live through social media, and as many people do, it sometimes you see what you want to see and you see the positives, but you don't always see what's going on behind the scenes and what someone has to do to be able to live that life or to be able to um, do. What they can to be able to live that life. Now, Jeff, I know that one of the things that uh, that recently came out um, on your one of your Instagram feeds is that you and your wife are going through a separation. But it's a kind of a unique situation because it seems very amicable, and it and it seems like things are are working in a positive direction. But I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because I think that people can learn from what the two of you are going through and how that impacts your daughters but also how it impacts both of you
0: yeah so in mid-july so we have not been kind of right for a couple of years at one point we were you know seeing a a counselor trying to work it out but then eventually through some series of events we both just sort of stopped trying and we're just kind of living as roommates and and just trying to get through each day not 100% as happy as we were and as we could have been. So during that whole time, I could not say that. I cannot verbalize what I was really feeling that this isn't tenable. Um, She did uh, this summer. And, um, and I'm super thankful for that because she was able, she, she decided to move out as the at home dad with, as kid, with kids who go to school online, like it made sense for me to stay in the house, for me to be the, the, the kind of full-time parent. And, uh, and she moved out to a very nearby apartment and the kids are here with the animals are here. Um, but they have full autonomy to to bike or walk back and forth or be driven back and forth as they want. They want to have sleepovers. If, if, if she's home or if I'm if I'm away or whatever. And it's it's been very cordial. I mean, I rented the U-Haul and helped her move. She initially was like running like furniture ideas past me. And, and I was eventually like, man, this is your decision. You're like, you don't need to do this anymore. Because she was 19, I guess, when we met. I was 22, 23. And I was living in an apartment in Philly. And she moved out of her parents' house in with me. And so she's never had the opportunity to like be on her own. In an apartment, like making decisions without checking with a partner or with someone, and so I was like, "This is your shot, like, dude, take it. Like, don't you don't need to? I mean, I'd love to see what you pick out, but you don't need to ask me what I think of that sofa or or that dining room set. Um, so run with it." And she did, and um, and, and in the few, it's been or I guess now what it's it's uh, as we're recording, it's mid October, so it's been does the quick math three months roughly. And it's it's really working out. The the kids now have two kind of happy places to be instead of one kind of tense one. Not un, not like yelling. It was never super ugly. It was just sort of nothing in a way, but tense at times. So now they have like me being kind of re energized and happy, and and her like kind of living a life and going out and, and like make, making friends. And it's been a really positive experience, something that arguably we should have done a while ago, but happy that, that she was able. And it's also for me, it's really important that she was the one that was able to say it and was able to like pack up her stuff and go around the corner. Essentially the optics of mom making that decision as a, as a, as a young woman to like say, I'm not happy. I'm going to go find that somewhere else is better to me than like, a, a guy, a dad saying like, I'm out, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it, technically it's the same thing. One parent has decided to leave, but I think for young daughters, I think it's important to know that you can, as a young woman, you can make a decision that this isn't working and then I'm going to leave. No, whether you're in something for two months or 20 years, we've been together, it was married for 17 and together for almost 20 um, and it's never too late after you know effort and trying to recognize that like you got one shot at this life and you deserve to, everybody deserves to be as happy as possible and if they're not then you need to go find that somewhere
1: you know, that's a powerful story. And I think that a lot of people uh, that I've talked to that have gone through, I'm going to say divorces, not only separations, but divorces, you know, sometimes that, I mean, th- it does lead to anger and, uh, you know, frustration and di- a lot of difficulty when it comes down. And it's 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 a positive thing to be able to hear, not that it's a positive situation, but it's a positive thing to hear that that the two of you are in a place that where there is more happiness, but also where you can work together as co-parents and be able to um and for the for the betterment of your daughters. Now, now, with all of this happening, what kind of conversations have you had to have with your daughters? And what are what are some of the fears that they brought to the forefront when when this all came about?
0: Well, before I answer that, I want to go back because you mentioned the word co-parenting. And yeah, that it's a good word. What I was on a press trip as this was happening, as as she was about to like She had already found the apartment. She was about to move. And so I was starting to have the conversation with people about what was going on. And one guy said he he was in a similar situation and has been for a while. And he used the word um, allies, that we are – that your allies – in in parenting which i i sort of like better than co-parenting because it does it there's a it's a very positive word and it's a it's an action word and that is what we are trying to be so i uh, so i just wanted to say that because i it's a good phrase allies in in, uh, in parenting but as far as tough conversations so you know it's it's funny because they're both of a certain age that, and i think they both kind of. Saw the writing on the wall. In fact, the the oldest one said to me that she knew that this was going to happen when she was like five. And I was like, come on. (laughs) There's, <laughs> 10 years ago, there's no way you saw this. That like That's some crazy foreshadowing if you had seen this coming. I didn't see it coming. So there wasn't a whole lot of difficult questions. So the, my ex, and I'm still not 100% sure what to call her because technically we're still married, but I'll just go with ex at this point. made a really good decision early on with the apartment, with her apartment. She involved our youngest in what she really enjoys, like decorating and shopping and like making choices with towels and cups and all that stuff. And so what could have been like some sadness, she actually spun it as sort of an opportunity to involve her in something that she would enjoy and make it a positive thing. Like you're going to have this bedroom here and you're going to have this space and it's so close and you can double the amount of decorations and the amount of like joy now that's superficial stuff i don't want to i don't mean to say that like decorating a second space is going to replace having a a home with two parents in it i'm not i'm not saying that but she saw an opportunity to 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 use what was happening as a positive thing and it. i think that really helped i praised her i praised my ex for that like it was a it was a brilliant move i don't know if i would have thought really I probably wouldn't have, because I would have been like, "Hey, this place is mine. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to decorate it exactly the way I want." But yeah, so in the initially, there weren't the the one big question that was asked was about Christmas. It's like my young, my oldest loves Christmas more than anyone I've ever met, and her main thing was like, "That's still going to be the same, right? Like you're, we're all still going to be here under the tree on Christmas morning." That was that was the first and I think only question she she has asked. In the months that have passed, there has been some additional things because I started seeing someone, and so having that conversation was interesting and but good also. Like that they can see that I'm happy, and I, I think at the end of the day, like both of my kids want their both of their parents to just be as happy as possible, and they I think they know that that is going to make everything better for everybody. So yeah, like I mean, I have really great kids. I, I'm, I, I guess the underlining thing of all of this, everything I say is that it, everything in my life has been easier because of the children I have, and that includes up until right now, going through a separation and seeing someone new. They're just really awesome people to, and and I've said it, I've written and I've said it. It's like it's an honor and a privilege to be their dad, and and this extends that ex, that sentiment extends to. How they're making all of this kind of easy as well.
1: Now, one of the things that I want to ask you, and I don't know if there's a if there's an easy answer to this, or if there if there is an answer to this, but for what you've gone through so far with your ex and this separation, and gone going into this, every every situation is a little bit different, but there are going to be people that are listening that are going through situations that are similar, um, or more volatile. And I don't know if based on your situation, if you might have any pieces of advice, things that you might share with them that might help the situation be a little bit better.
0: I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, I do, I guess I have advice, but I don't know if it's specific to this situation. I mean, the advice I would tell anybody is just, just be nice. Like <laughs> the world's just full of toxicity. Is that a word? Talk. To- Toxic people we'll just go with that and don't be one of them like it's hard. It's gonna be hard Maybe I I don't know what brought you and your partner to this point to that point, but Whatever it is just try to make the the parting for for yourself for your own sanity But more importantly for your children for your daughters try to make it as pleasant or at least as cordial As possible, um don't add logs to a fire try to you know blow it, put it out um because at the end of the day like i've talked to a lot of people who have been the children of ugly separations and divorces and it's never a good story <laughs> um it's never like boy i'm really glad that my parents hated each other and were so vocal about it like that's never said <laughs> what you do here occasionally is i'm really happy that my parents like we're nice to each other and therefore nice to us. And so just be a good person and be okay with that. It didn't work for who's ever, maybe it was nobody's fault. Maybe it was somebody's fault. Maybe it was your own. Try to own that. Be you know Personal responsibility and being nice kind of been my two things since I was a kid. And it applies to this as well. Own what you did wrong. If there's something wrong, own your share of whatever failure brought you to this point and then just try to try to move forward as positively as possible. I know that's very vague and sort of, Mr. Smith goes to Washington idealist, but you have a choice whether to be nasty or nice. That's a choice and make the right choice.
1: No, I love that. And I think that every one of us has a choice. I mean, we wake up every morning and we have a choice of what we choose to do and how we choose to act and how we choose to react as well. And I think that what you just said is perfect in that regard. Now, we always finish our inter- interviews with what we like to call our Fatherhood Five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a parent. In one to two words, what is fatherhood? It's love and it's evolution. When was a time that you felt like you finally succeeded in being a father to a daughter? The the
0: humility answer is I'm not 100% sure I felt that yet. Um, that's probably not true, but I I struggle with whether I've done anything right. Even after 26 minutes of saying some positive things that have happened and good decisions I've made, I, d- I still don't know. I, I won't know until they're grown up and they can, I can see the, the way they are, maybe as parents themselves or as people, um, whether I've gotten this correct.
1: Now, how would your kids describe you as a father? Hmm.
0: <laughs> Passionate. I love being a dad and I love the things I love which includes them and soccer and Red Wings hockey and falafel and hummus. Like the things I love, I love with everything I've got. And um, I think that's, I hope that that's the way they would see me. And also if I can just add, there's a lyric, because you mentioned music, there's a lyric of a song. It's the final song on the new Camp Cope record. If anybody wants to look it up and it's a girl uh, singing about her dad And she says, and it's the way, the second verse, it's how I would want my children to refer to me or think about me, is that I've been a defender of freedom and an advocate for truth. And um, that's how I would hope that they they would see me when they're older. Now, who
1: inspires you to
0: be a better dad?
1: Huh. I
0: mean, is it pandering to say that I've loved watching you be a dad of daughters at the, along the same timeline as me? Um, and I've missed seeing more of that since I, since I deleted my Facebook account in February. I've not seen as much of it. But over the years, as, as our children were growing up essentially together apart, I've, I love how much you love being a dad of daughters. And that definitely fueled me in some times where I was like, I don't know if what I can if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I'm the guy that should be raising daughters. I see you and your smiling kids and I'm like,
1: I can do it. I can do it. Chris is doing it. Yeah. Well I appreciate you sharing that. Now what advice would you give to other dads with daughters?
0: Oh well, it's the thing that's been read of mine that so I'll be self referential here and paraphrase myself, I guess. I wrote a thing years ago that went good men project and it went up to huffington post back when they had a partnership with them and then it was translated into portuguese and brazil and into german and huff post germany and it was uh the four words all dads of daughters need to hear is that it only gets better so my advice is lean into all of it it's the greatest thing in the world it's the greatest privilege in the world it is nothing to be afraid of even though you'll constantly be told that you need to fear when they're 2 when they're 6 when they start to date or whatever like you don't have to fear any of it you just have to love all of it and and be a part of it all that's don't run away don't hide when they need feminine products when they're buying bras when they start to take an interest in uh, the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever just be a part of all of it
1: well jeff i i truly appreciate you sharing all of this with me. Now where if can people find you if they want to see more of your writing, uh, see more of your your posts on social, where would be the best place?
0: I thought you were where they can find me in the world. I'm like, I don't know. It depends on what week we're talking. So on social, on uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, my two active kind of platforms, it's just O-W-T-K, real simple. If you want to see some of my actual longer form writing, my site is also O-W-T-K with the old .com at the end of it. And from there, you can launch easily to see all my Reader's Digest articles. My um, I write for a TripAdvisor site. A family travel site as well and good housekeeping and a lot of different things and there's links to all of that everywhere but uh, most proud of instagram i don't use it a ton i'm a little precious with it but i do update stories so yeah just owtk and reach out and say hi and and one other thing like i love if i if i may real quick i love to be like kind of a face or a voice for being a dad of daughters. One uh, gentleman, that article I referenced in Huffington Post, I got a beautiful email from a guy years ago who said he read that he he had two young daughters and he was scared out of his mind. And he read that and decided then and there that like he's going to do what I just said, to love all of it, to not be afraid, to not listen to the people telling him he should be afraid of having girls. And uh, and that it changed his life as a dad, and that I'm <clears throat> I'm gonna every time I talk about that email I start to get a little choked up, um, so uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but um, but yeah, my writing's been all over the place, and uh, and I would love it if anybody checks it out and says hi, and if you have questions about being a dad of daughters, Chris is always there, and and I know he his in the community that you've built, which is incredible, is there to help, and I on a smaller scale am always available as well.
1: If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more. You will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of fathering together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be.
0: We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals
1: We buy them presents Bring your A-game 'Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and musclemen Get out and be the one to them
0: Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be